This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Clear Curriculum, your instructional design and training company specializing in enterprise resource planning. Phenomenal Foods by Chef Holly, creative West Indian-inspired seasonings, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Suriname assumes chair of Caribbean Development Corporation Committee. More than 100 migrants stranded near Puerto Rico await help. UN agency to help Trinidad and Tobago manage migrants. Antigua and Barbuda proposes to overturn ban on commercial whaling. Jamaican senator encourages export to create wealth. BVI falling behind while neighboring USVI named fastest growing tourist destination. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 18th. We start a report today in Suriname as it assumes chair of the Caribbean Development Corporation Committee. The 29th session of the Caribbean Development and Corporation Committee concluded on October 14th in Suriname. Some of the most urgent and challenging issues facing the Caribbean were discussed at the meeting, inspiring a commitment to strategic action-oriented follow-up to assure more dynamic, sustainable development process. Convened by the United Nations Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean, the Caribbean Development and Corporation Committee meeting is held every two years and gathers Caribbean prime ministers and distinguished government officials. The focus has been on strengthening their country's institutional and technical capacities to improve their resilience to economic, social, and climatic impacts. The meeting immediately followed the 7th Caribbean Development Roundtable, which was held on the 12th and 13th of October in Suriname. Experts deliberated on practical solutions to promote recovery, repositioning, and resilient building, including those strategies for economic transformation, taking fully into account the multi-dimensional vulnerabilities of the region. Outgoing chair of the Caribbean Development and Corporation Committee, Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Kiesel Peters, reflected on her country's experience of the adjustment that were needed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We were forced to share the priority attention usually given to long-standing development challenges in the Caribbean, such as high public debt, rising unemployment, and widening inequalities. With the more urgent and severe concerns regarding the health impacts of COVID-19 and their implications for social protection in our countries. Minister Peters recounted the other challenges faced during the time, including the natural disasters which occurred in the Caribbean. This include the volcanic eruption in her own country, extreme flooding events in Guyana and Suriname, an earthquake in Haiti, tropical storms and hurricanes, she said, too numerous to mention. It is our repeated exposure to such extreme recurrent exogenous shocks that defines our multi-dimensional vulnerability that underscores the structural and institutional fragility of our countries demanding a comprehensive response one that includes strengthening advocacy solidarity 
partnership, and international cooperation. Minister Peters added that the challenges lie in finding the right strategic approach to secure the support of the donor community and international financial institutions. In this regard, she commended the Economic Commission for its recent research as presented in the Caribbean Outlook before handing over the chairmanship to Suriname's Minister of Foreign Affairs, International Business and International Corporation, Albert Ramden. Minister Ramden stated that he hoped to build on the work done by St. Vincent and the Grenadines during their tenure, especially with Suriname being in a unique position as a leading voice of the Caribbean subregion, as chair of the CARICOM community and now chair of the Caribbean Development and Corporation community. He emphasized that the COVID-19 pandemic has not yet ended and the world was now confronted by high inflation and increasing fiscal stress as a result of the Russian-Ukraine war. Minister Randon pled Suriname's support towards the Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean's call for the establishment of a Caribbean Resilient Fund, which he said can attract long-term affordable finance to support various structural gaps. Suriname will certainly support such a venture as we need a source of additional finance to diversify our economies and the search for new areas of growth, especially those that embrace our youth, he said. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Next up. More than 100 migrants stranded near Puerto Rico await help. The Washington Post reports U.S. federal authorities on Tuesday said they were trying to rescue more than 100 migrants stranded on the uninhabited Mona Island near Puerto Rico during a human smuggling operation. The nationality of the migrants awaiting help on Mona Island wasn't immediately known. 60 women, 38 men, and five children, ranging in the age of 5 to 13 are among the stranded, according to Anais Rodriguez, Secretary of Puerto Rico's Natural Resource Department. Mona Island is located in the treacherous waters between Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and has long been a dropping off point for human smugglers promising to ferry Haitians and Dominican migrants to the U.S. territory aboard rickety boats. Dozens of them have died in recent months in attempt to flee their countries amid a spike in poverty and violence. In related news, United Nations Agency to help Trinidad and Tobago manage migrants. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports Trinidad and Tobago's Foreign and CARICOM Affairs Minister, Dr. Amory Brown, said he appreciated the assistance the UN Network on Migration, Trinidad and Tobago, would be able to give the government of Trinidad and Tobago in managing the flow of migrants into and through the country. He was speaking at the launch of the initiative on Monday at the BRICS Hotel. The Global Compact for Safe, Orderly and Regular Migration was adopted worldwide in 2018, and local and regional migration mechanisms were formed as a part of this agreement under the responsibility of the International Organization for Migration. Brown said the number of migrants worldwide has grown dramatically as people flee famine, poverty, 
warfare, sometimes persecution, and political turmoil, while many also seek improved circumstances for themselves and their families. As countries that become migrant destinations expand, the need for coordinated and collaborative efforts among countries and organizations becomes more urgent than ever before. No one entity can manage migration globally, including the Trinidad and Tobago government, especially if the ultimate aim is to ensure the safety of migrant populations, the manageable accommodation, integration, and facilitation of new beginnings for those who have leave their homeland, and support for systems in countries they transit and the countries that receive them. UN Resident Coordinator Dennis Zulu said the UN Network on Migration Trinidad and Tobago would lead to a more coordinated approach to migration as the project would take into account specific factors unique to Trinidad and Tobago. International Organization for Migration Project Manager Zeke Bahari said, migration will not slow or stop. So it needed to be strategically managed to facilitate orderly, safe, responsible, and regular migration. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now on to Antigua and Barbuda, where there is a proposal to overturn a decades-old ban on commercial whaling. WION News reports a resolution submitted by pro-whaling countries, including Antigua and Barbuda, has sought to reopen a formal debate on commercial whaling. The 40-year ban could be overturned after the proposal was submitted by the International Whaling Commission meeting in Slovenia. The 88 member countries are expected to take a vote today on the resolution. This comes after the country has also co-sponsored a resolution with Cambodia, Guinea and Gambia, which argues how fishing practices could contribute to food security and address poverty, said a report by The Guardian. The report also mentions wildlife protection organizations like Ocean Care and Humane Society have said that these resolutions threaten the progress made by the International Whaling Commission. The Ocean Care Director of International Relations, Nicholas Entrup, has dismissed the idea of sustainable whaling, calling it ridiculous. This comes four years after a similar proposal of lifting the ban on commercial whaling by Japan was rejected by the International Whaling Commission. Tokyo at the time had said how whaling could be done sustainably. At the time, the International Whaling Commission reportedly reiterated its role on a conservation-focused organization and said that the threats to whales are not just limited to hunting, but also include ship strikes, climate crisis, and fishing by catch. Subsequently, Japan left the International Whaling Commission and started commercial whaling again since it was no longer bound to comply with its restrictions. According to the report, the International Whaling Commission is facing financial difficulties following Japan's exit, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the global economic crisis, the report said. At least a quarter of the 88 member countries have not paid their annual dues. 
On Monday, the commission also altered the rules that ban countries in arrears from voting, acknowledging how the pandemic has disproportionately affected developing countries. News out of Barbuda is that Barbudan farmers to get help to boost production. Antigua Observer reports farmers of Barbuda are being given a help to increase their production and irrigation techniques. Craig Thomas of the Inter-American Institute for Corporation on Agriculture says representative from his groups, the Ministry of Agriculture and other parties will be journeying to Barbuda to assist farmers. There are a number of farmers in Barbuda who need support. Presently, we are engaging a group, the Beef Foundation, where we will be in Barbuda next week doing a number of activities in an effort to increase production in Barbuda also to increase the technological approach to agriculture with respect to irrigation supplies and also how they can increase their production, Thomas explained. There are also plans to conduct three weeks of training by the Guard Center on a business development project entitled Strengthening Coastal and Marine Climate Resilience Through Upland and Coastal Ecosystems-Based Adaptation and Community Engagement. The project, which began in 2021, is a two-phase program. The first phase saw the installation of the Vetiver Education and Empowerment Project, VEEP, using the Vetiver grass to control soil erosion in June 2021. The second involves equipping local handicraft makers with the entrepreneurial skills to run green businesses using the grass, which is said to have medicinal properties. Thomas said, the VEEP initiative is a very promising field for local residents. The project, which is a regional initiative, is currently being executed in Antigua and Barbuda, Dominica, St. Lucia, and Tobago. It was funded under the CBF EBA facility, financed by the government of Germany and the German Development Bank, with resources from the International Climate Initiative of the German Ministry of the Environment. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. To share information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Export to Create Wealth Jamaica Information Service reports a group of budding entrepreneurs are being advised to get their goods and services into the export market to create wealth for themselves and the country. Export if you want to be rich and make Jamaica rich in the process, said Jamaica's Minister of Industry, Investment and Commerce, Senator Aubin Hill. He was addressing the 24 graduates of the Central Jamaican Social Development Initiative Youth Entrepreneurship Training Program at Mandeville's Golf View Hotel on Thursday, October 13th. Senator Hill said the world's five richest countries have small populations, but they export tremendously. Noting that Jamaica has three million people, he argued that the country needs to export to rich people a whole lot more than we do now so that we too can become rich. He encouraged the budding entrepreneurs to immediately begin talking to organizations like the Bureau of Standards Jamaica and Jamaica Promotion Corporation to find out how to get into the export market. In 2021, we imported 
5.975 billion U.S. dollars worth of goods and exported 1.441 billion U.S. dollars. So we're short by about 4.6 billion U.S. dollars, and that's where we have to begin to catch up. The future businessmen and women receive intensive training in several areas of production, including clothing, entertainment, catering, farming, livestock and poultry, natural juices, scented candles, and food processing. They range in the age from late teens to mid thirties. The training was conducted by Hart NSTA Trust. Through sponsorship from the Berea Foundation and support from the Rural Agricultural Development Authority, Manchester Chamber of Commerce, Companies Office of Jamaica, Tax Administration Jamaica, the Social Development Commission, among others. The graduates are the second cohort under the initiative, which aims to provide young people with the technical know-how to start businesses which are productive, resilient, and profitable, and to steer them away from crime. Now, here is our final note: BVI falling behind USVI named fastest-growing tourist destination. BVI News reports the British Virgin Islands continues to resuscitate its tourism industry, which took a massive hit during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Recent statistics are showing that the neighboring U.S. Virgin Islands is the fastest-growing destination in the Caribbean right now. The U.S. Virgin Islands has seen a 44% increase compared to the same period in 2019, a growth rate no other destination has matched. Said a report in the Caribbean Journal, a leading publication for regional tourist destinations. The report also said the U.S. Virgin Islands growth began during the pandemic and is due to factors such as expert tourism management and a flexible travel health policy. According to the report, the onset of the global COVID-19 pandemic, the BVI tourism numbers dropped drastically because of the stringent measures the government announced for travelers in an effort to prevent the spread of the virus in the community. As a result, the BVI lost many day trippers, land tourists, and yachters to countries like the U.S. Virgin Islands that had more favorable COVID-19 policies. There are also those who posited that the government is. Distracted with implementing the recommended commission of inquiry reforms and doesn't have time to focus on reviving the tourism industry, according to the report. BVI Premier Dr. Natalia Wheatley recently revealed that the government is looking at relaxing measures to make it easier for some boaters to travel between the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands. This podcast has been brought to you by Clear Curriculum, your instructional design and training company specializing in enterprise resource planning. Phenomenal foods by Chef Holly, creator of West Indian-inspired seasonings, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com, and to share information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 18th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. 
If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.